0: Welcome! Thanks for tuning in to the Church LV Podcast. We hope that this word brings you encouragement today. Keep up with everything happening at Church LV by following us on YouTube at Church LV or Instagram at the Church LV. We are about to jump in today, so get ready to take some notes and lean in. God bless. Psalm 62 says this, I stand silently to listen for the one I love. Waiting as long as it takes for the Lord... Come on, to rescue me. For God alone has become my Savior. Somebody say, For God alone has become my Savior. Look at verse 2. He alone is my safe place. Listen to me, that bottle is not your safe place. Come on, those prescription drugs that you're abusing, come on, is not your safe place. Having multiple relationships, come on, is not your safe place. Mm-hmm. God alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me. He's like like the bubble wrap. Come on, somebody. You know you bubble wrap things when you ship it because you know, I know it's gonna be dropped. I know something may happen, but as long as there's bubble wrap around that vase, bubble wrap around I'm sending. Listen, bubble wrap is to ensure things in the midst of trouble. That's what the presence of God does. The presence of God doesn't keep you out of trouble. It keeps you in the midst of trouble. That's a freebie for you. For he is my champion defender there is no risk of failure with god i love this so why so why would i let worry paralyze me look at your neighbor and say neighbor why would you let worry paralyze you look at your other neighbor and say neighbor i could see it's paralyzing you just <laughs> i love it when husbands and wives are sitting by each other and they're like he's right on this i'm talking this is really true for you why would I let it paralyze me yet? We live in a world right now that worry is paralyzing everybody around us. Stress, anxiety is just multiplying. And it says this, so why would I let her let that stuff paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? It's so powerful. Now go to the book of Mark one more time. Book of Mark chapter four, we're gonna begin in verse 35. Jesus has been teaching a big old crowd and, and now Jesus says this, later that day, Let me tell you something. Jesus preached a long time. Let's go Bible. Oh, man, I hope he only preaches 30 minutes. I'm biblical. You're cultural. We went and saw The Avengers. That sneaking movie was like two hours and 30-some minutes. Movies are getting longer again in culture, and we want church to get shorter. Movies distract you. Church aligns you. Okay, later that day, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After he sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with him, and as he was teaching from the boat, and there were other boats that sailed with him, suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Come on, Seven Hills, say suddenly. You're not Seven Hills. Come on, Summerlin, say "Seven," Seven, Seven Hills, I'm so, okay, let's go. As they were across the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing to the boat until it was all but swamp. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion or sleeping on a pillow. So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you care? Don't you even care that we are about to die? It's, they didn't say that we're we're all going to die. That means you're going to die too. So funny when we start telling God what's going to happen to him he says this he says so Jesus fully awake he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea hush calm down all at once the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm then he turned to his disciples and asked them I think tone is everything I don't Jesus Jesus didn't turn and say man what's wrong with you why are you so afraid I don't think he did that that's what I would have done Jesus said hey why are you so afraid haven't you learned to trust yet but they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, Who is this man? Who is this Jesus who has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? Ooh, Jesus. Help them to endure a long message today. And all locations said, Amen. You may be seated, you may be seated. Let me just dive right in for the sake of time. Is I I, I want to just make a some of you understand what I'm about to say, a prophetic declaration. That I believe that God is taking us somewhere. The title of the message today is God is taking us somewhere. In the midst of what culture is facing and we live in culture, in the midst of the uncertainty of the times in which we are in, whether it be economic or political or whatever is occupying your space in your mind, whatever would be challenging you with worry and fear and stress, sometimes we we don't understand that God, come on, is taking us somewhere. (laughs) Biblically speaking, the Bible says things like, we go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. The Bible says that the steps of a good man, a good woman are ordered by the Lord. The Bible says things like, he that begun a good work in you, come on, is faithful to complete it. It's implied in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The narrative is, is God is taking his people. Come on, somebody, somewhere. He is taking Israel Come on, out of Egypt into the promised land. But the issue wasn't taking Israel out of Egypt. The issue was taking Egypt out of Israel. You missed that one. Let me say it to you this way. God is taking a lot of us out of trauma and pain and situations. But the bigger thing is, is that he wants to take it out of you. Just because you leave a location doesn't mean it's not influencing you anymore. God is taking us somewhere. God is taking Benny Perez somewhere. That I don't want to be the same man, come on, five years from now that I am today. I want the Botox to kick in. I'm going to look younger. I'm going to be the next Mr. Las Vegas. Come on, somebody. I had to, I had to kind of just make you laugh for a minute because some of you are missing the point that I'm telling you that someplace, that somewhere is not always a physical destination, but it is a spiritual one. It is a spiritual thing that God is doing in our church. People say, how is Church LV doing? We're doing great. People are coming to church. People are getting saved, right, in the midst. And I know it's a mass mandate. I know there's things. I I, I get all that. But I want to believe that God is taking Church LV somewhere. Let me make it personal. I want to believe God. Come on, that God is taking you somewhere. And that somewhere, that somewhere is a better place than where you are right now. I call your attention to the text because I, I want to share with you, and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit home in about 15 minutes, because Jesus is speaking to a crowd. And, and Jesus, when he's done with the crowd, he, he tells the disciples, he says, let us cross over to the other side of the, of the lake. And, 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 and Jesus is saying, basically, I'm going to take you somewhere in your mind that somewhere is the other side of the lake. It's a physical place. It's a physical destination. But before Jesus gets them to the other side of the lake, there are incredible lessons they're going to learn in the middle. You know, I love God. God will take you from one room to another room, but there's always the hallway. The hallway is sometimes, you should rename it, I, some of the hallways I've been in, I've called them Hell. Oh, that's that's a hell hallway. Yeah, he said he's gonna get you to the other to that other room. I know, but it's been hell in the middle. Yeah. The devil, watch me, occupies the hallway. And he thinks, he thinks, and you think at times that he is like the one that is in charge of the hallway, but he is never in charge of the hallway. He tries to influence it. He tries to distract you. He tries to discourage you. He tries to get you down. But Jesus is still Lord of the hallway. Yeah. You're sitting in a completed building right now. It was always this nice. To get from where we were, to where we are it was a hell of a hallway oh you don't even know you just see things it looks all polished it looks like this I mean man change order my god oh man we got to change this pole do this pole do this do that and then I was my worst enemy I don't like this stage just change it cha-ching and let me tell you something we enjoy this new room but we had to go through a hallway And it's in the hallway that you learn lessons. You would never learn anyplace else. Thank God for the mountaintop. I don't learn anything on the mountaintop. God, I want to learn. And God, I learned that you're still faithful. God, I learned that you're still good. God, I learned that you're still God of the hallway. Somebody give God a five-second praise break because you're in the hallway right now so watch this watch this here's what happened so Jesus I want to show you just four things maybe five if I have time four things right so he says he says God I'm gonna take you guys I'm gonna take you somewhere I'm taking you somewhere so first thing he does he says let us let us first point write it down us is always better than me God where he wants to take you God where he wants to take me Listen, it's not just about me, it is about us. Jesus is implying we're going to go over together. Us is always better than me. Why is that? Because you were created for community. You were created as a human being to do life with others. You were not created to go through the trouble, the pain, the heartache, all the stuff that we go through by ourselves. In fact, I would tell you this, the worst place, the most dangerous place to be Is alone in your own thought dark thoughts by yourself the most dangerous place to be is not some physical location it is a mental location where all of a sudden now all the stuff the enemy is throwing against you and just talking to you and you get discouraged and you get down and you just begin to go into that spiral you go into the dark place wow it sounds like you know somebody like that yeah me Is that too transparent? Listen to me. We Listen, us is always better than me. I need to push back on culture. Culture says, well, the religion, religion is a personal thing. It's just between you and God. That's not Bible. Bible is, it's me, Jesus, and others. My religion should bleed over into my personal life and my public life. It should bleed over. Lass is better than me. I, some of you heard the story, but we had a church conference maybe about eight weeks ago now. And we had a powerful Wednesday night. We had a powerful Thursday morning, Thursday. I was like riding high. I was like on a spiritual high. I was like, man, this is so awesome. I'm telling Wendy, this is the best conference we had. Stafford the best conference we had. The place was filled up. It was just amazing. It was an amazing conference. The reason why it was full, because it was free. <laughs> And, man, I come on Friday, and I'm driving with Wendy, and I get a phone call. The phone call is from a number I don't recognize. It actually goes in voicemail. And I do what you shouldn't do. I actually was reading my voicemail as I was driving. But I have a smart car. It drives itself. <laughs> it's called Wendy. <laughs> Break! I got it, baby. <laughs> I said, L.A. Coroner, this is weird. I called back. I said, hello? He said, is this, is this Benny Perez? I said, yes, it is. And he said, what are you doing? Like, it was a female's voice. I'm like, like, who are you, lady? (laughs) That's a personal question. What am I doing? She goes, are you standing? If you are, you should be, you should need, you need to sit down. Like, this is weird. I said, no, I'm not standing. What are you doing? I'm not making this stuff up. Now I'm getting agitated. Now Benny slash no pastor is coming out. Don't laugh at me. It's like you and me, right? Yeah, I'm a Christian except on the basketball court. Come on. (laughs) I'm a Christian unless it's a sale and I want that piece. I've seen Wendy do Kung Fu on a woman and grab that piece. I'm not not joking. She still has a puncture wound from that high heel that's in her. Right? I said, ma'am, I'm driving. She says, pull over. I'm like, this is weird. Just tell me. I said, okay, I'm in a parking lot. I, 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 I stopped. I'm in park. And she says, okay, I'm so sorry to inform you that your biological, that my biological, well, my father was found dead in his apartment. This is right in the back of the building here. Worship has started. Hundreds of people. Yeah, Jesus, he's so good. I got hit and I, I, I was spinning a little bit. I handed the phone to Wendy. I, I, this is weird. I, 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 these feelings that I'm feeling, even though I haven't seen him in so many years and, and there was a disconnect and, and, and he walked out on us and, and why am I the one getting the phone call and all these emotions were, were just flooding my soul. And I wanted to get back in my car drive home, go into my bed, eat some Twinkies, (laughs) had to make you laugh because it's gonna get a little heavier. And there was a battle because the preacher who preaches to you you had to preach to himself because I wanted to be alone. I really wanted to be alone. I didn't even want Wendy with me. I wanted to be alone. But don't you understand? That's what darkness wants. Darkness wants you to be alone. Darkness wants you to say, I'll work it out by myself. You can't work it out by yourself. You need somebody that tells you those thoughts you're thinking, they're crazy. That's not God. That's not you. That's the devil. That's just depression. No, we need to do life together because us is better than me. Thank God for Pastor Ivan. Thank God for the pastors. They came out there. We said, Pastor, we got you. We got you. What do you need? I felt like Gladiator, the movie. Reached down on the movie. You know the movie. He gets the dirt, rubs it together. Let's go. I came in with the help of others. And I came right in this spot right here. And nobody knew what was going on. I came and I began to worship. And it was a little bit out there. I began to dance. I began to shout. I began to lift my hand. And everybody's like, whoo, pastor's on fire. Wow, pastor's anointed. No, pastor's in pain. See, you don't understand why some people are worshiping the way they're worshiping. Some people are going through some pain, some heartache. But they know, I will not do it by myself. Oh, I can gonna preach myself happy right now. Oh, I was in pain, baby. But praise is an antidote to the pain. Oh, God, thank you. There were other people that were worshiping. Thank you, God, that I walked in. Wow. Yeah. No. Thank God I walked into an environment that you had set by your praise. I didn't walk in by myself, but your praise created an atmosphere on Friday morning that I walked in and I said, I'm not alone. What you call emotionalism, I call support. (laughs) I want to preach in better than you are saying, Amen today. I got multiple text messages from so many people. I want to say thank you. Because us, is always better than me. I know you're strong. I know, bro. I know. I know. Man, women, power. I know. You got it. But trust me, there'll be something so heavy that you can't lift it. Trust me, there'll be something when you need a spotter. Trust me. Look at me. You know how many times I've been in the gym lately? Zero. But I've heard from good friends, like Kibo, sometimes you need a spotter. Us is better than me. Let me hurry up. Number two, throw that up there. Surprises apply to me, but not to Jesus. Let me work this point just for a second. Have you thought that Jesus was leading them into a storm? Let me help some of you out that are wondering if should I follow Jesus. If I follow Jesus, everything's going to be so much better. Huh? <laughs> you're honest. I remember when I said yes to Jesus. Radically said yes to Jesus, and it seemed things got a little bit worse. Some friends abandoned me, and it was kind of crazy, and I'm like, wow, what's going on? I said yes to Jesus, and, and man, I'm saying no to the addiction. I'm saying yes to Jesus, and no to this, and no to that, and it seems like at times things aren't going well, but surprises apply to me, not to Jesus. It says suddenly they get into the boat, right? Suddenly the atmosphere changes. Suddenly the... The, the, the boat they're in and the smooth lake turns into like a hurricane and there are men that are in the boat that are fishermen that have fished that lake before and they understand that storms could come but this is no ordinary storm. I mean, it's not just beating against the boat. It's now coming inside of the boat. It is now filling the boat and things are happening and they are surprised. They're caught off guard. Emotionally, when you're caught off guard. Emotionally, when you, when you get news you weren't expecting. It is natural that you have fear it is natural you have anxiety it is natural that you say man what's happening to me that's what happened to me in the back parking lot but I'm here to tell you even though I was surprised come on God is never surprised I know the answer I I know the question I always get well if God isn't surprised why did he let this happen why did he allow this to happen why is going on what's going on with my life I don't understand that and I said this before and I'll say it again here's the answer you ready I don't know Because God is not obligated to tell me the reasons why. Because I would even argue with God about the reasons that he gave me. Because that's the way you're wired. You've been doing it since you were two with your parents. You do it with your spouse. You do it with your employer. You do it with your pastor. See, we think reasons will justify certain things. In fact, I'm telling you, it is God's grace that he doesn't tell you the reasons why. It's like, God, I don't need to know. It's like, it's like people know that certain people don't like me. As long as I don't know, it's all good. Like I've walked up to people that I found out later they didn't like me. And I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know any reasons. I said, hey, so good to see you. They're like looking at me like. I'm like, why are they acting like that? But if I knew they didn't like me, and if I knew the reasons, I wouldn't have that same approach. Sometimes God doesn't allow you to know the reasons, the backstory, anything. Because listen, to fill your mind with stuff you cannot change. <laughs> oh my God. Some of you have for sale signs up in your head. You know what's in my head? Sold. Yeah. Bought with the blood of Jesus. Can't go there. Let me say it to you this way. Someone's opinion of you is none of your business. You know what they're saying about you on Facebook? Facebook is for old people. I'm not on it. Us young people are on TikTok. Come on somebody wave at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's TikTok? I proved my point. You're old. Surprises. Show of hands. Have you ever been surprised in a positive way before? Come on. Somebody gave you a brand new car, paid off. Come on, wave. All the hands went down. <laughs> <laughs> I I I have. You have, Pastor? Yeah, by faith. I call those things happy not as though they are. <laughs> no, how, how many have been, been surprised with something? Come on. It was a good surprise. Come on, wave your hand. Those are beautiful, huh? Those are beautiful, huh? Those are beautiful, huh? (laughs) How many have had other surprises when it wasn't too good? Come on. Can I see your hand? Can I see your hand? You know that less hands went up with good and every hand went up with bad. Psychologists tell us that it takes like eight to ten positive affirmations to overcome one negative one. Because humanity is wired for the negative. Surprises. Surprises. We're gonna die this is so cool reason point number three and I'm getting somewhere very quickly it says this responses number three are always linked to perception I said God is taking us somewhere yeah. so now Jesus is in the same boat same storm said something to all of them that he heard himself and he is asleep I don't know where the stern of the boat is I'm not a boater but I think that's in the back is that right Stern, who has a yacht? Can I see your hand? Why are you laughing? Thank you. Thank you. I thank you for inviting me to the yacht, okay? I appreciate that. We will do spiritual talk on that big, stinking yacht. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. You just invited yourself. I did it, but spiritually speaking. So watch. The response of the disciples are, we're going to (laughs) die. And Jesus is sleeping. He's silent. Now this bothers me. Because we've all been there, haven't we? When we're going through something, it seems like you're praying, you're hitting the ceiling. You're reading your Bible, it doesn't seem like anything's happening. And, and it feels like God is silent. But please hear me. Do not mistake God's silence for his distance. It's preaching good when the shooting took place here in Las Vegas Nevada a few years ago a lot of pastors we we consider ourselves first responders even though society doesn't every time they say first responder discount I said that's me they say well what do you do you're firemen I said look at me do you think I could carry a hose I they don't carry a person down on the ladder Are you a police officer? Nah. Experienced a lot of that, but not Mm -hmm. somebody will get that later. And this recently happened, I'm a pastor. They said, You're a first responder? Yes! But I didn't get the discount. I wanted to lie and say, I'm a police officer. Where's your badge? I'm undercover. Clean clothes. Rick Warren ends up calling me. Rick Warren is a friend of mine, and and so Rick calls me and he says, Hey Benny, this is Rick. I said, I know I see your number. It says Rick Warren. (laughs) He said, How you doing? I said, Man, Rick, it's kind of tough. He said, I I know, Benny, I'm calling you because I know you have a lot of people and you're one of the leading pastors in Las Vegas, and I want to help you in this situation. And, he, and, and here's Rick Warren, and Rick Warren, the famous Rick Warren, and, and he's talking to me, and, and, and he's calling me, and he says, Well, they asked Rick, who are you talking to? The famous Benny Perez. And so, <laughs> that's just a lie. And Rick, Rick said this to me. Rick said this to me, listen, because it, it, it's gonna prove a point. Rick said, Benny, resist the temptation to explain or talk too much. I said, What do you mean, Rick? He says, Find the people that have been traumatized. And he said, I've learned this. In all these years of ministry, it's called the ministry of presence. Just sitting with somebody, not saying a word, is soothing to their soul. He says, I know you and I know pastors, you try to explain everything. And my wife will tell you, I sat with people. People that go through trauma and pain. Sometimes they just want somebody that's there. It's the ministry of presence. Though you're silent, you're not distant. Can I tell you? His presence can never be separated from you. The disciples. They're like freaking out. See, because watch me. Because real perception. See, you don't see things as they are. You see things as you are. So now... If you are having difficulty in your inner person, you see things with a slanted viewpoint. If you're dealing with rejection, somebody blows by you in a hurry because their kid's in trouble, but you look at it as if they rejected you. And so what happens is, is that Jesus now and the disciples, same situation, but they're seeing things differently. And it's very interesting that Jesus is not woken up by water. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a deep sleep, a very deep sleep, and this happened at a camp, and somebody threw water on me. I do not sleep through that. I get up and I want to kill somebody. Right? Now, Jesus is sleeping and he's such at rest that the waves that are coming in and and the water that's coming in is not waking him. And it's interesting to note this that as long as the water and the wind get, we're outside of the boat, we're okay. But as Sarah started coming inside and filling the boat in the inside, it's not what you're going through on the outside. I have a question for us What is filling up our mind? What is filling up our heart? What is filling up our soul? What is filling me up in the inside? Because that determines, my friends, how I look at things on the outside. It's always linked to perception. And I... I love Jesus because Jesus has a different perception. Jesus has a different viewpoint because he's Jesus. But Jesus was living as a man, 100% man, 100% God. But he knew this. He knew he was unconditionally loved by his father. He knew he didn't have to perform. He knew he didn't have to do anything. He knew if God was for him, who could be against him? He had settled. He had settled. He had settled. Some of you need to get rid of that BS. BS. I'm gonna use the word and you're gonna get offended, but this is Vegas. Go back to Kansas after this message. I'm real. I'm from Pico Rivera. So my language, oh my gosh, he's espousing cursing. I didn't say that. You thought that. I wonder what's happening inside you. You know, we always do Christian cussing. Oh shoot. Darn it. I don't want to go any further. (laughs) Your BS. Your belief systems. Your belief systems are jacking you. What's jacking mean? I don't understand that inner city term. So let me help you out. Because we have multiple generations and multiple backgrounds. Your cognitive ability has been shaped by misperceptions that have influenced you and bent you in the wrong way. I am Dr. Perez. The disciples say, We're going to die. And they fully awake Jesus. If my kids, if I ever get, I'm not a deep sleeper, but when I am, if anybody wakes me up, my God help you. (laughs) You're going to see Jesus real quick. (laughs) Jesus gets up and he goes into action. He rebukes the wind. Why? Because Hebrew thought is wind represents spirit. He speaks to the sea. The sea, you can say this, represents humanity. God is always speaking to humanity. He's always speaking to him, But he's rebuking evil spirits. A lot of commentaries say that, that there was a demonic attack against Jesus and the disciples. You want to know why? I believe that. Is because Jesus in chapter five, when they land on the other side, there's a gathering demoniac that nobody can help, but Jesus can. There's a woman with the issue of blood that no doctor could help. Come on, but Jesus can. There's a Jairus and his daughter who's 12 years old. She's dying. Nobody can help her. Come on, somebody, but Jesus can. And if we could catch a revelation because we're in kingdom culture, that my life is not just about me, that God wants to use my life to influence. God wants to use my life to help. God wants to use my life, come on, to bless. God wants to use my business to help. God, and if I just got out of myself, I would realize that, listen, I'm going through something because it's not just about me. But when God gets me through this, I'm going to be able to help other people on the other side. We are sitting in a building that a few years ago, 10 years ago, we were going through bankruptcy and it was terrible and it was horrific, but I'm glad that Jesus brought us through. Why? Because there's thousands of other people right now sitting in all locations. Why? Because the devil cannot stop what God wants to do. Come on, put your hands together one more time. I'm going to call my my friends up here, and they're going to set something up. So come up, because it's very interesting. Give me the next point, please. And this is what happens. We react, but Jesus always responds. And here's what Jesus says. Jesus says these words. Come on, guys. Come right now, please. Let's go. Where Where are my helpers at? I need them out right now. And here's the thing. Somebody come up and help this guy, because he's one person. But we need to move this, too, my brother. I don't need the notes. I'm Pastor Wendy today. I don't need no notes. I'm learning from my mentor. Here's my, here's my, my gang. You guys turn around and face the crowd. Wave at the camera. Come on, wave at them. Wave at them. Come on, these are my disciples right here. Come on, give them a bigger hand clap than that. You can do better than that. Hey, Rocco, how much, how much can you bench press? Do you know? What is that? Yeah, exactly. Leon, my main man. Boom. What's your name? Isabella, boom. That must be related to somebody. You're just cool, Dominic. AKA Spider-Man. Now you guys can get in position. Rocco, help him get in position. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says this. Ready? He he says, uh, why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to watch, watch? You're so enthralled by them, I know. Okay, let me get down to their size because maybe you'll look at me. I'm looking like a little kid. Like, this is cool. I'm on the platform. Why are you so fearful? Look at, Jesus says, have you not learned to trust yet? This is the, 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 the one thing you need to remember. This is what God spoke to me. He wrote it out, and I, listen to me. He, he spoke this to, so clearly to me. He links fear not to a storm. He doesn't link fear to what you're going through. He, he links fear to a lack of trust. If you've been to corporate events, Tony Robbins, some other thing, old school guys used to do a trust fall. You guys, we practiced it, right? Rocco, you're in the front because you caught me last time. I actually, switch because I want the two, I want them switch. You guys come here, switch. You guys come in front. Yeah, and then you go back there. Okay, now, that little girl, what's your name again? Isabella, do you have life insurance? No? Are you, are you a Christian? Have you said yes to Jesus? Okay, that's all I need to know. Okay. Okay. No, don't look at them. You're catching me. Okay. Now, how many have ever done a trust fall? Can I see your hand? You've done a trust fall. <laughs> is he really going to do this? You watch. How many have done the trust fall before? Wave your hand at me. You've done it before. You've done it, even laughing. You've kind of done that. And they're having fun. And she's getting scared right now. I see, she's saying, no, you catch her. I don't want to catch him. You catch him. I don't know. I just let him fall. I don't even care. <laughs> I signed up for the Pop-Tarts. I don't even know why I'm up here. <laughs> no, seriously, we bribed him. What? We get to play video games in your office, Pastor? And have all the sugar we want? Yes, we'll do it. <laughs> Almost fell. Jesus, help me. now, 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 we know something about the trust fall. You have incredible trust if you believe the person or the people that are catching you have the ability to catch you. She said, I've done it before. It would be silly for me to actually do this. Number one, lawsuit after we kill a kid. What happened at Church LV? Somebody died, you know? Oh my God. Right? The reason why I don't do this trust fall is because I know they don't have an ability to catch me. Okay, so you guys go off to the side because you're talking too much. Go. Come on, guys. Give them a big hand clap. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Same scenario. See, all of you were calm already. They're like, ah, they got this. Look at how skinny Pastor Benny is. In fact, Christians just carry him like he's just a little like, floppy doll. So, innately, even myself, I have this unusual calm. If you would take my blood pressure The last time, the kids were up here, and I almost fell. It spiked. (laughs) My resting heart rate is fifty-one beats a minute. I know, world-class athlete. Listen, but it spiked. I felt, I felt it, and I felt it when I almost fell, and I said, "I Christian cost." Oh shoot, in my head, because I almost fell. But on this one, there is no doubt. Just no doubt. He's struggling. <laughs> Stay here for a second. Listen to me. He said, That's a silly illustration, is it? Then why are we treating God like He's the children? Why are we treating God, come on, like he can't catch us? Why are we treating God like he don't got us? Why are we treating God, God, we're about to die? God, we're, no, I got a good word for you. God is taking us somewhere. And as somebody comes back to the keyboard, thank you guys. I'm going to flip the script on you. Because you think God is taking you to a physical destination. God is taking us to more locations. And we're going to do more things. And we're going to build a new building. Which we are. And we're going to do the transformation center. Yes we are. We're going to do all that. But let me tell you where God is taking us. He's taking us somewhere. Jesus was taking them somewhere. And he wants to take us somewhere. And where is that? Leaving the place of fear. And going to a place of ultimate trust with him. Oh this is so good. Can I tell you as I get ready to close that somewhere it's not, oh God, I can't wait till the storms finally leave my life. Let me tell you what's going to happen when I do your funeral. That's when you're going to have perfect peace. When it's like, it's done. Listen to me, this thought that, oh, no more storms and no more this, and no more that. Friends, that is not reality. Reality is, as long as we're in this planet, Jesus said, in this life, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. My question to you is, who are you trusting your ability. I'm smart. You're going to have something that's smarter than you. I got a lot of money. You're going to face things that money cannot buy. Come on this is what God was telling me and God began to tell me so strong that I was writing it down and the person next to me I don't know if they thought I was weird but I was kind of praying in tongues and we believe in tongues and and they thought I was kind of just you know mumbling and I kind of was because I just wanted to go I wanted to shout so loud because on my way to Dallas God was ministering to your pastor and God began to speak to me and God began to do things in my life and he says he said this to me he is taking us to a place of trust the somewhere between where we are and where He wants to take us requires trust. What is trust? Well, spiritually speaking, we call it faith. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. I broke down the example trust fall. And why do we have fear? Because we don't believe that the people are strong enough, or experienced enough, or wise enough to catch us. Last time I checked, God is strong enough. Last time I checked, come on, God is wise enough. Come on, last time I checked, God is loving enough. Come on, last time I checked, God is merciful enough. Come on, last time I checked, God is filled with grace and mercy and compassion. So Isaiah, get ready to wrap it up. And Pastor Wendy's going to couple a minute and finish with some things. But somewhere, sir, God has taken us somewhere. It's to that place. Listen, it's to that place. Listen, it's a place here. It's a place of ultimate trust and surrender to Jesus. So let's bring it to where we really live. It's a good message, good sermon. You like the illustration. I do that so you remember. Do you, do I really? trust Jesus because the storms are there not to defeat you not to somehow kill you but it reveals who you're really trusting when I was living in a trailer park nothing wrong with that just telling you my experience living in a trailer park barely making any money putting myself through school my dad taught me to tithe since I was 10 years old. Tithing is really not so much about money. It's about trusting God. I'm going to go there today. Well, I knew it was about money. No, no, see, you missed it because you listened to culture. It's never been about money. It's been about trust. So I'm going to deal biblically with this content here just for a second. I remember when I was tithing and, and my dad and, and I believe from scripture and and now I'm at a university and I'm barely making it. I'm barely making hardly any money just to cover my expenses. But I remember tithing that, that $40 every month. And I calculated it out. And there were times, to be honest, that there was hardly anything left over. And there was times when I, I wanted not to tithe. I'm saying, God, you understand. You understand. But the enemy was trying to get me to become my own provider, my own sustainer. I wouldn't do it and I there were times and and you've heard the story over and over again spaghetti became my best friend come on anybody remember ragu come on ragu with flavored meat sauce come on wave your hand at me somebody come on seven hill how many remember the ragu flavored meat, and you would just look as you were going through the, the 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 meat aisle and there's there's hamburger oh my god that's what it really is flavored meat sauce. I'm not making this stuff up I would make a big bowl of spaghetti and and I was I was I didn't have enough see I I, let me just preface this even when I didn't have enough I didn't have a poor mentality here's stuff I would say I can't afford it right now but there's coming a day (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so so I I I say okay and I would remember cool whip when it came in in those round containers before there was like you know that that was the best Tupperware Come on, wave your hand if you know what I'm talking about, right? I still have it. It's stained with, come on, with tomato. Come on, red still. Why spend it, man? Just go. Hey, hey, you should just go to the neighbor. you have any cold-whip containers? And I learned something about spaghetti. It always tasted better the next day. No, I would eat spaghetti. I'd eat spaghetti on that dinner ate spaghetti for dinner the next day. I remember saying, "Man, I just I mean, spaghetti's cool, but every day." And I learned the secret of Peter: put peanut butter and jelly. Couldn't get the Skippy; got the cheap one. This is just. Can I tell you some real stories, just for a second? This is reality. I didn't have enough for laundry. There was a married couple. They were very kind to me. His name was Paul, and his wife was Darla. Lived in the same trailer park, and I remember I didn't have any soap, nothing for laundry, and everybody turned my underwear inside out more than once. (laughs) Too much information. I never changed my sheet because I had I had these Mexican blankets I would just throw down and that was my sheet and I'd sleep on that my wife would tell you my wife would tell you I was doing that all the way till we were married she goes not anymore (laughs) I had a dark time and I was like man studying for ministry and God I know you're my provider but this is pretty bad so I went for a little walk because I didn't want to be by myself. All of a sudden, I run into Paul and Darla. They go, hey, Betty, how you doing? So we do the Christian life. Great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God is good. Ha, 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 ha. You know? And, and inside, I'm, I'm dying. And he said, you know what's so funny? I said, what? We're just coming back from doing laundry. And I'm like, at least you get to do laundry. He goes, hey, we have two boxes of soap left over, the little tight boxes. And we have like a buck fifty and quarters left. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't have to do all the loads. I don't know, Benny. I don't want to presume, but do you need some laundry and do you can use the chain? I started crying. It's true. I started crying. I said, yeah, bro, that, that'd be great. He gave it to me. I went back and I got my laundry basket my mom taught me well I knew that whites go in this and and colors go in that but I didn't have that many loads to do everything went on together because the most segregation takes place during laundry time that was good I don't care what you say that was a good one right there yeah yeah so God begin to break that spirit out of me of racism. Whites with whites and darks with darks and delegates with delegates. <laughs> that's, why your, that's why your clothes look the way they do. I know, but we're, we're together. It's a true story. Listen to me. I tell you that story because I never forget some of you need to forget things that you should forget but remember things you should remember why I tell you that story because God is my provider God is my way maker and I put my faith and trust in God in my resources, in my finances and I kept on tithing and we're we're beyond the tithe. Why? Because God has been that good. we got to begin to trust God in our finances, in our relationships, in our jobs, in our businesses. Whatever we do, God, we will trust you. So I'm ending right now and Wendy's coming up, We are gonna build that transformation center. It's not that we have the money, but God has spoken, I believe. We're gonna build a brand new, brand new campus or location. We have land under contract. Right by the M Resort. Oh, wait a second. How can we build a brand new facility over there? And how can we do the Transformation Center? And how are we gonna do Summerlin? Don't know. But what I do know is that if he's taking us somewhere, that we need some trust and some faith and say, God, whatever you tell me to do, I will do everybody give God. Come on, some praise right now. Come on.